Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church. We are in the middle of our limited series. But before I jump into that, I've got a fun fact for you. Did you know that today's date is actually a palindrome? Some of you may or may not know what a palindrome is. Palindromes are words or a sequence that is the same forwards and backwards. So for instance, the word race car is spelt the same forwards. And if you reverse it, it still spells race car, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and the, the, today's date is 02-02-2020. And if you reverse that, flip it down, switch it and reverse it, it's 02-02-2020. All right. So it's an incredible, incredible fun fact. You're welcome. Right, that's, that's the end of our service. We're going to close it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's only a bit. The other fun thing, I, I know it's already been mentioned, but I would love to make a second mention of it, is that I have my good friends, Nat and Geordie, who are sitting here on the front row, who just been married. Come on. It's great to have you guys here. You guys, Alex and Amrick, were back down at West after their honeymoon and all that. And it's, it's really, what did what, you guys get up to? Cards. I love playing some good thing of cards. You, look, you guys look really happy. It's good. I love it. It's great to have you here. Love is in the air. It is amazing. But we are in the middle of our unlimited series. We are in... Oh my goodness. Anyway, we're in the middle of our unlimited series, church. And it's a series where we're talking about limits, right? Because some limits are good limits. Some limits are good limits. I'm told that the speed limit is a good limit. Hence my phrasing there. I am told... <laughs> the speed limit is a good limit. And, but it is. It saves lives and make sure that we're all safe on the road and make sure that we can get somewhere half efficiently uh, because everywhere in Adelaide is 60Ks an hour. Um, and I don't believe it raising it above that, apparently. So, uh, But limits are good. Financial limits. Financial limits are great. They protect us. They make sure that we uh, don't go beyond our means and we have uh, enough finance and all that to make sure we're living our lives effectively and well. Uh, not only financial limits are good, but physical limits are very real as well. Anyone know what I'm talking about with that, where it's like maybe you've had a massive week and you feel like you're being pushed to your limits or uh, maybe you work out heaps like Nat Hodgson was doing about a week ago um, and you feel pushed to your limits in a lot of different ways. But limits are good because they tell us when we need to stop, when we need to make sure that we don't go past the point of no return, that we don't go past the point where it's going to damage us or hurt us. And so limits can be very good, but limits can also be very bad. I think a lot of our life that we see limits and they are a good thing, but what we end up doing is that we end up going, cool, it's a good thing in that area, so I'm going to apply it to everything. And what we can often find ourselves doing is that we limit God and what He can do in and through our life. And so instead of just having healthy limits in our life that are things that are going to help us, rather we take a limitless God and we try and limit Him and put boundaries around what He can and can't do. Is anyone with me on that or is that just me this morning? See, if we're not careful, the thinking that protects us can become the thinking that imprisons us. But we should be placing limits around God because God is a limitless God. Because his, uh, what's impossible doesn't deny the existence of God. It simply highlights the limits of our humanity. Just because something seems impossible, it doesn't mean that God isn't there and that God has limits. No, it just means that we have limits and that God is internal and He's limitless. And so throughout this series, we've been looking at, man, how do we depend on God's uh, unlimitless in everything that we do? Because He has not designed us to live a limit, limit, sorry, He has not designed us to live a limited life. He's designed us to live a limitless life. 
He designed us to live life to the max. And it says in 2 Corinthians 6 verse 11, as we've been reading each week, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide, open, spacious life. He, we didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you are living them in a small way. Isn't that such a, a convicting statement right there? Your lives aren't small, but we're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. I love Paul. He's always like, I'm speaking as plainly as I can, I love you. It's like this, but with love. I'm speaking as plainly as I can with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. See, God has designed us to live a limitless life. He doesn't want us to have boundaries that we can't move anywhere and put boundaries on Him because it limits what He can do. And the Bible says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has in store for those who love Him. Which means that our greatest imagination, our greatest dream is nothing compared to what He actually has in store. But we're never going to see that come to fruition if we place limits on our God. And so in the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the different limits that we place on God and how we can access the unlimited nature of God. And the first week we looked at how uh, God has unlimited grace and how we can access that. Then we did wisdom, then power, and then peace. And don't worry, if you haven't listened to any of them, it's okay. We've got podcasts. You can jump online. You can have a listen to those through our app or whatever it might be. You can have a listen of those. But this morning, we're going to be talking about a subject called unlimited hope. Unlimited hope. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down on the top of your page. Unlimited hope. See, uh, I don't know. Have you guys ever hoped for anything in your life? I know I have. I have hoped for many of things in my life. One of them was I was hoping that Roger Federer would win against Djokovic the other night. Unfortunately, that did not come true. Any Djokovic fans out there? See, this is my point. Everyone prefers Federer over Djokovic. That's all I'm saying. Or maybe just no one likes watching the tennis. I don't know. Either way. But I was hoping that Federer was going to win. You know, we got a ma- I had a massive hope in that. You know, it was like, come on, come on, Federer. Maybe you had a hope that uh, you would get a certain gift for Christmas and you didn't get it. Or maybe you did get it. Hey, come on. Who knows? Maybe, maybe you have a birthday that's coming up and you're hoping for a certain something and you're nudging your partner sitting next to you going, hey, don't forget that thing that I told you you need to get me that un- like unsubtly hinted to you that I want. You know, maybe you're hoping in a situation or a circumstance or a person, but hope is everywhere. But this is the thing that I found. In my, in my short span of life that I've lived so far is that I've found that hope is often something that I can misuse. The word hope I can often misuse because sometimes when I say hope, I'm actually talking about I'm wishing for something. I'm actually talking about I'm wishing for something. I, I wish something would happen. But hope has actually got a certainty about it. Hope has a solidness. It has a foundation. It has a, no, this is good. It has an expectation placed around it. Wishing is going, man, I wish that would happen because when we say it out loud, it makes, it, feel, it makes us feel better. But hope isn't wishing. No, no, hope is something different in of itself. See, hope is actually an expectation in a particular outcome and a trust in someone to make it happen. Hope is not a feeling. It is an expectation in a particular outcome and a trust in someone to make that happen. That is what hope is. And I think as Christians, sometimes that we can confuse hope and wishing and when we say we're hopeful for something, really what we're saying is that, man, I wish that's happening. But we're not really saying it with a firm foundation. We're not really saying it with any sort of uh, faith and expectancy that it's actually going to take place. We're more just throwing it out there because we want to be hopeful. So this morning, I want to look at what hope is and what it does and 
what it looks like. Because here's the deal is that hope is a thing that we stand on. And it's a thing that gives us strength. And it's a thing that allows us to endure so many things in our life. But the enemy also knows that our hope is something that he has to go after. Because the enemy knows if he can destroy our hope, he's going to get our harvest. If he destroys our hope, he's going to destroy the harvest that is either coming your way or you're going to be able to help other people with. And so we have to guard our hope because we want to make sure that we can reap a harvest, not just for ourselves, but for other people as well. So we want to make sure we're guarding our hope at every single turn. Does that sound good, church? Martin Luther says, we must accept finite disappointments, but never lose infinite hope. Disappointments in life happens, yes, but we never want to let that lose. We never want to let those situations make us lose our hope for what is to come. Come on, hope is an expectation of what is coming. Here's another thing about hope, is that hope is only ever birthed out of lack. Hope is only ever birthed out of something you don't have. If I'm holding this bottle, I can't be like, man, I really hope I have a bottle in my hand. You're like, Dan, you're crazy. You have a bottle in your hand. But if I didn't have it, if I didn't have it up here, then it's something I can actually hope in. It's something I can go, but cool, because I have a lack of it, I can actually hope and expect that it's going to come. So the first thing I want to encourage you in this morning, church, is this. Whenever you face a season in your life where you feel like you have a lack, do not be downhearted, do not be discouraged, do not be disappointed. It's actually a great opportunity for you to have hope. It's actually a great opportunity. Instead of us looking at seasons where it's a little bit tough and maybe we're feeling discouraged as a bad season, it could be a great season because maybe all is happening is that God's going, hey, you've got a lack in this area, so let's grow your hope. Let's grow your hope so that you don't have to hope for that anymore so that you can get it and then pass it on to the others. Come on, hope is actually ever only birth out of lack. But instead of that being a negative thing, let's view it as a positive thing. Whenever we're lacking in our life, we have a chance to be hopeful for what is ahead of us. See, it says in Hebrews 6 verse 17 to 19, because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of His purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled uh, if we who have fled to take hold of the hope offended, offered to us, sorry, may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor to our soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Here's the thing about hope being an anchor, right? Anchors go all the way down. When you use an anchor on a ship, hopefully when I say anchor, you think of a ship and you think of a ship's anchor. If you think of a news anchor, you're just weird. That's all I'm saying. No one thinks of a news anchor first. So we're talking about a ship's anchor here, right? We're talking about a ship's anchor. And when, when a ship drops its anchor, it goes all the way down to the surface of wherever it is. It does not work if the anchor does not touch the surface. And hope does not work unless we let it touch the surface of whatever is going on in our life. Hope does not work if we let it sit on the, on the, sur- on, on the top and, and let it float and not be anchored to something, not grab a hold of something, but rather we got to make sure when we hope that we're vulnerable enough to let Him in all the way so that He can get to the root of the issue and hope can be our anchor. It says the inner sanctuary. What it's talking about there is it's talking about in Bible times, the Israelites used to have a temple where they would go and worship God and they would have different sages and different areas of this temple and this area called the inner sanctuary, otherwise known as the Holy of Holies. 
behind this curtain was known with a place where God's presence was 100% of the time. And only the high priest was allowed in there. And when Jesus came, He tore open that curtain and it meant that God's presence was everywhere and we were all able to access it. But what it's saying is here is it's going, hey, let me into the innermost inners of your soul. Let my hope rest on the inner, most deepest part, most vulnerable part of what you're going through, not just the outskirts. No, I want to go, come on, I want to get real with you. That's what hope does. Another thing about anchor, you know there's two ways to anchor a ship. There's, there's uh, often what will take place is that they'll set one anchor down the front at the bow, the bow of the ship. And then uh, there's another way that they uh, anchor a ship, which is actually two anchors, one at the back, one in the front. And the one with uh, two anchors often is for calm waters, for if you're going to catamaran somewhere uh, and you just, just want to sit and chill for a bit. Often what they'll do is that they'll drop the first anchor, they'll get the, the, the gauge of where the tide is going, they'll uh, turn into it and they'll drop the second anchor so they don't go anywhere, so they don't bump into any other ships, so that they don't just spin around and hit any, uh, any other ships and it secures them like that. But then the second way is for often where ships are facing storms or, or a strong current. The boat's designed to go a certain way. We are designed to head a certain way. The boat is designed to head a certain way. And so they'll drop the anchor at the front so that what happens is that the current and the wind pushes the boat around so the front is facing into the storm. Because the boat is designed to cut through water. And if it is facing the wrong way, when the storm comes, it is going to be toppled over and often sunk. But when they drop the anchor at the front, it will turn the boat so that the, the front of the boat is facing into the storm. You know what hope does? Hope makes sure that we don't face away from the storm, that we face into the storm. Because God did not design us to run away from storms. God did not design us to, to, to just be tossed to and fro. He actually designed us to go through storms. And the way we do that is by having hope as an anchor to our soul. If your soul feels like it's being tossed to and fro at the moment, maybe it's because you just need to activate a little bit of hope here this morning. Let hope be your anchor. Not be, not be tossed by the storm that you're currently in, but rather let it hope drop down to the surface, be your anchor and let you steer straight into the storm, knowing that you're going to get through it. Come on church, hope is an anchor. Hope allows us to face battles and storms head on and go through the other side. There's a couple more things about hope I want to share with you guys here this morning. Number one is that hope knows. That's K-N- OWS, just want to clarify. Because here's the deal is that we live in a world where there is no hope, but we have a hope that knows. Often when we go to work, there is no hope, but we have a hope that knows. So we have a hope, like I said before, that's not based on wishful thinking. It's not based on what ifs. It's based on the certainty of God's word. It's based on His unchanging nature. That is certain wherever we go. It says in Hebrews 11 verse 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Come on. It, f- hope has a, has, a, has a certainty to it. It's not what we toss to and fro, but rather it's something that we stand on when we face the storm knowing, no, I know what God says. And I know that whatever I'm feeling right now isn't based on what God's truth is, but I know my hope is going to hold me here. Hope is based on certainty. You know, when me and Ashari were first, uh, before we were married, before we were engaged, before we even started dating, we were, uh, you know, doing the whole like talking thing, you know, when you like, like someone, you know what I'm saying? Like 
all the teenagers know what I'm talking about. You know, when you like, like someone um, and you're just like chatting to them and you know, like, like you like, like them. Um, I was in love. I just don't want to say it, all right? I, was just, I saw it. I just fell in love. But we were, we, were, we were talking. I was like, man, this girl is incredible. Uh, and there was a complication because I lived in Canberra and she lived in Adelaide. Uh, and I was like, this may put a spanner in the works here. <laughs> um, uh, but what took place, I was like, no, I really feel like this girl's incredible and I want to lock her in ASAP uh, because she's amazing. <laughs> I love her. I'm going to in so much trouble. Anyways, but what took place is that I was like, you know, you know when like you both know there's an unspoken thing that's going on, but the whole point is that it's unspoken because no one's actually like had the courage to actually speak about it yet with that person, right? And so you, you kind of like know, but you're not sure that you know. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. I'm just going back to my teenager uh, years here for a second. But like we, we had this whole thing going on where I knew she kind of liked me and I, I knew I liked her, but I wasn't sure that she liked me. And so what I did is that uh, one of her best friends, Imogen, uh, who's now Koi because she's been married, Imogen Koi was, uh, was a really good friend. And, uh, and I was like, hey, Imo. How's your day been? Yeah, that's all well and good. Hey, does Ashari like me? <laughs> because I wanted to make sure I had a certainty, you know? Uh, she had a formal coming up and I was like, you know what? I live in Canberra. She lives in Adelaide. If I could be there for a formal and if she wanted me there, that'd be amazing. But I don't want to be that guy that calls up and be like, hey, can I take you to your formal? And she's like, who even are you? You know, that would just be really awkward. Um, so <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, Mo, like, does Ashari? And she was like, you know what? She may be really interested in you. And I was like, that's all I need. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's all I need. But what it did, it gave me a confidence because of the fact that I actually knew what was going on. I was nervous before, but my nerves definitely dropped because I understood where she stood. And here's the thing. When we walk with God, I think sometimes we are so nervous because we're like, I don't know what God's plan is. I don't know what He's doing. But we actually have the ability to find out. We have this thing called the Word of God, which tells us exactly what His plan is for us. Instead of us just standing there going, we don't know what's happening. Hey, how about we pick it up and we go and read it and we find out what His plan is for us. Come on. The Word of God allows us to stand with a certainty And make sure that hope is the anchor for whatever we're going through. Psalms 119 verse 114 says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Come on, if you want a bit of a certainty to your hope, start picking up and reading the promises that God speaks over your life. Because they're actually for you. They're actually for you. They're not for someone else. They're for you. I know sometimes I can read the Bible and I can be like, man, that's probably true for that person, that person. But God has to arrest me all the time. And He's like, no, Dan, I'm speaking to you. When you read the Word of God, come on, the certainty you get, the promises you read are actually for you. They're for us. Come on. We have a certainty that we know that God does have a plan and a purpose for us, that He is good, that we can build our life upon Him. Because He is a firm foundation. Come on, church. Our hope needs to come from what we know about Him. And the only way we can great, uh, sorry, grow our knowledge about Him is by getting in His Word. Feelings come and feelings go, but the Word of God stays the same forever. And hope isn't a feeling. Because if you feel hopeful, the next minute's going to be gone. Hope is a choice. Hope is a choice every day to pick up 
the Word of God. Get in it, read it, pray about it, believe the promises that He speaks over your life. Not feeling like He's hopeful. Does that sound good? Come on. Talking about hope, hope that knows. Hope that all things are going to work together for the good because He says they will. Let's stop trying to like make this happen. You know what I'm saying? Like He actually says that it'll be good. We just got to make sure that we have enough hope, that we trust in Him, that we expect the outcome to change and trust that He is going to change it. Hope knows. But number two, hope not only knows, but hope encourages as well. Hope encourages. Corinthians 3 verse 12 says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. See, hope encourages. Hope gives you a boldness. You know, the word encourage doesn't mean to speak nice things over someone. The word encourage actually means to place courage within someone or within yourself. So when we say hope and courage, we're not saying hope speaks nice things over you. Yay, you look lovely today. That's not what hope does. Hope goes, no, no, you have a boldness and a confidence that is not your own, but it comes from God. So you can be bold, whatever you are facing, you don't have to be timid. God has not given us a, a spirit of timid, timidity or fear, but rather a spirit of boldness and courageness that we can stand up with. So when you go into your workplace, don't approach it with fear. Approach it with boldness. Because you have a hope that encourages. When our hope is secure, our courage increases. Our boldness becomes at a greater level and we're able to do far more. Come on, hope encourages. But see, here's the thing is that bad things do happen to good people. It's a very real part of life. Life is not fair. Bad things do happen to good people. But I had the incredible privilege recently of one of my youth leaders. I've walked a journey with him and he's an incredible young man who has an incredible story and it's quite a broken story and it has a, a lot of abuse and hurt and heartbreak and, and relationship breakdowns within that story. And what's been incredible is to see this young man go from walking through that to a season now where there's restoration taking place and this young man is seeing some incredible things take place in his life. But I remember saying to him a while ago, I was like, hey, when he first came to me and started speaking to me about all this stuff that was going on, I said, hey, do you know that often God gives his greatest battles to his greatest warriors? And I remember saying that to him and I said, hey, I want to give you hope because one day there's going to be a young man who is going through something very similar to what you're going through now. And he's going to need someone who held on to hope so that you can be their hope, so that you can install hope into them and point them to Jesus and go, hey, I had hope so you can. And you know what's incredible is that I was actually able to recently take that leader out with another youth kid. And I was... It was honestly one of the coolest moments ever because I was able to watch this youth leader install hope into this youth kid who was going through the same situation. Because here's the thing. Hope doesn't just encourage you. It encourages people around you. Hope isn't just for you. Your hope actually overflows to other people. When you are hopeful in the midst of a situation, it doesn't just affect you, it affects people around you because here's the deal. You may be facing something that may be really big. I don't know what it is. And you may be feeling like you're drowning at the moment, but I want to give you hope because one day you're going to have someone in your life 
who's going to come to you and be like, man, I'm facing this. And what they need is they need someone who held on to hope. They need someone who didn't let go of the promises that God spoke over them. Come on, we are disciples. Jesus says to go into all the world and make disciples. He doesn't say who can go do that. He says we all do that. In other words, there's someone in your life that needs to be encouraged by your story of hope. That needs to be encouraged by your story of hope. Come on, hope encourages us and encourages those around us as well. Romans 15 verse 4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Sometimes it might be hard to encourage yourself or someone else, but that's where it's awesome because we don't need to do it by ourselves. We have the Word of God that can do it for us. Come on, if you have a story of hope and someone comes to you, don't be like, man, this is what I did. No, no, be like, hey, this is what God did for me. Depending on His promises, this is what I learned. This is how I was hopeful. Well, not only does hope know, hope encourages. But number three, as the band comes up, uh, hope endures as well. Hope doesn't only just know. Hope doesn't only just encourage. Hope endures. Once again, hope is not a feeling. It's a choice. Which means that when we hope and when we have hope as an anchor for our soul, it doesn't have a time limit on it. It doesn't have a time limit. It says, hey, let hope be the anchor for your soul. Which means that whatever storm we're facing, whatever thing that is coming our way, hope will see it through. Hope will see us through. Hope will lead to our endurance. Because our faith is built on one man enduring the weight of mine and your sins. And if he can endure that, what can we endure in our everyday? We are built to endure. Like I said before, the thing about anchor is that it holds our position. I don't know about you, but my natural tendency is not to stick to every single discipline I ever set my mind to straight away. My natural tendency is to drift a little bit. Some of you may have made resolutions that you've already given up on. The first Sunday of February, if that's you, no condemnation. I hate, I'm probably right there with you. But it's just so hard that our natural tendency as human beings isn't to say the point and isn't to anchor ourselves, it's to drift to and fro. What the Word of God says and what hope tells me is that we weren't designed to drift. We were designed to be anchored. We're designed to endure whatever is in our way. Whatever storm you're going through, whether it's relational, physical, mental, whatever you find, whatever is happening in your world, whatever that thing that you're thinking about right now is, whatever storm you're facing, whatever is coming in 2020 that you're nervous about, hey, hey, come on, hope is going to allow you to endure that. And when you endure that, it's going to raise your faith. It's going to raise your strength. It's going to raise your ability to be able to trust God. Because when you endure, you trust in Him. When we endure, we trust in Him. Remember, hope is an expectation of an outcome and a trust that someone's going to make it happen. Not you. 
You know, the thing I love about it is Abraham. Abraham in the Bible, he's an incredible man. He's known as the, the father of our faith. There's a song that goes, Father Abraham and many sons. Many sons. See, so yeah, you know it. Yeah, what's up? So let's all say, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> the father of our faith, Abraham. Abraham's story is this. Him and his wife couldn't have kids. God says, gives him a promise. He goes, hey, look up at the stars. Your descendants are going to be as many. You know, more than that. Look at, this, look at this, the sand on the, on the seashore. And God gives him a promise. He's like, man, you're going to have all these descendants. And Abraham can't even have kids. So this miracle takes place where him and his wife are able to conceive a, a baby. And it was awesome. God delivers on this promise. But then God tells him to take him up a mountain and sacrifice his promise. Can't be real. If God promised me something and then delivered on it, and then I had a thought that was like, hey, go destroy that promise. I don't know if my first thought would be like, oh yeah, that's God. My first thought would probably be like, get behind me, Satan. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you promised, I had hope, it came through, it happened. Come on, we're celebrating. That is not God talking, that's something, I'm just going to ignore that. But Abraham was so tuned into the voice of God. And understood hope so much that his thought process was, you know what? Even if I go do this and God takes away this promise, I have hope that He is true to His Word. Because as we read before, He cannot lie. And when He makes a promise, He delivers. Which means that if this is not it, He's got something far better in store for me. And we see Abraham have a hope that cements him. And in a time where he could have run and could have chosen to do something else, he chooses to listen to God. As a result, God even stops him from sacrificing that promise and that son, and he blesses him even more. But that never would have happened if Abraham didn't hope. If he didn't have an anchor that secured his soul, no matter what his feelings were telling him, no matter what his feelings were saying, Hey, that's not God talking. Hey, why would God put you through this season? Hey, why would He ask you to do that? Hey, He's just trying to hurt you. He's just trying to make you feel pain, which are all lies, by the way, because the Word of God says something that's completely different to that. He says that He loves us and He's come to heal us. But Abraham had an understanding that his hope was secure. It was an anchor so that he wasn't drifting to the left or the right when something different to what he thought was going to happen came his way. Because God has got promises for you. He's got a plan for you. And the only way that we can walk in that plan is if we have a hope that anchors us. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 